I would say keep your head down. I would say be careful. I would say that self-preservation is your utmost responsibility. Because until you can come out in a safe and open and caring environment, the system that you're growing up in is designed to destroy you. So you may have to keep your head down. And it may be the thing that drives you to the brink. The unthinkable brink. I've known Kimberly for eight years. She taught photography at my high school, right outside of Salt Lake City, Utah. There was something about her I was drawn to. I felt like she saw things in me I didn't know were there. When she came out as intersex and transgender, I realized why we had been pulled into each other's orbits. We were both outsiders. We were both Mormon and queer and struggling. We regard same-sex marriage as a particularly grievous or significant, serious kind of sin that requires church discipline. Well, the number one killer of Utah's kids is suicide, according to new numbers from the state health department. And there's no definitive reason for this abrupt rise in suicide among Utah youth, but there are many pointing to Utah's religious culture. Heidi Hatch, Please don't let this be a summer of more gay suicides. Please make a space for your gay members. Please tell them they are okay and they are made in the image of God. There's no way to get an accurate count of LGBT suicides in the Mormon community, but we do know that youth suicide rates in Utah, where a majority of the populace is Mormon, have skyrocketed over the past decade. From 2006 to 2014, the rate more than doubled. In 2008, a proposition called Eliminates Rights of Same-Sex Couples to Marry, or Prop 8 for short, was put on the ballot for California state elections. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, LDS for short, publicly announced its support for Prop 8 in a letter read in every congregation in California. The letter encouraged church members to, quote, do all you can to support the proposed constitutional amendment by donating of your means and time, end quote. LDS members contributed over $20 million, half of total donations supporting Prop 8. Language and rhetoric has softened now in 2017, but for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, the overwhelming message was that these kids are damaged, these kids are they're going to hell, they're pedophiles, they're deviants, they're evil, they need to be changed, they need to be fixed. Youth who feel that they are highly rejected by their family members or their community when they come out as being LGBT, um, they're at eight times higher risk of suicide. It is sad to think that, that the culture that is, the culture that I was raised in that taught love, love, love. We have many songs about love in our children's organization called Primary. I'm trying to love as he did in all that I do and say. At times I am tempted to make a wrong choice, but I try to listen as the still small voice whispers love one another as Jesus loves you. Try to show kindness in all that you 
of many hymns about love, but that idea, that concept of unconditional love is conveniently suspended when the object of that love falls short of your ideal, of your religious ideal. And those kids on the streets in Salt Lake are the collateral damage. Queer and trans Mormons are part of an organization that, in my mind, actively denounces their existence. How do they reconcile that? Growing up Mormon, I was so afraid of my own feelings. I saw my out queer and trans friends get beaten and harassed and kicked out of their homes. I read the Book of Mormon front to back. I prayed to be fixed. Nothing worked. I thought I was broken. My entire life I had been told my only worth as a woman was in me getting married to a man in a Mormon temple and having kids. But I didn't want those things. So I'm Dean Stonehawker. I went to BYU and uh, Utah State. Um, served a mission in Provo, Utah. As long as I can remember, um, I've been attracted to men. Dean has sandy blonde hair and pale skin. He's in his mid-30s. He's sitting on a folding chair, nervously rubbing his thumbs together. I met Dean at a story-sharing meeting called a fireside for LGBTQ Mormons and Mormon allies. The Mormon church would call Dean's and any other LGBTQ person's sexuality same-sex attraction. There are strict rules about same-sex attraction. The Mormon church has used, and still uses, electroshock therapy and pray-the-gay-away tactics. If you experience same-sex attraction, you and God are on fine terms, as long as you never act on your feelings and you commit to marriage between a man and a woman. I'm fully active in the church and always have been, and uh, intend always to be. To be true to myself is to be true to something that's bigger than this particular experience. All of the dating that I've ever done is uh, women, and I have dated hundreds of people. I love the idea of being married to a woman and having children and, um, like, the LDS ideals of eternity temple marriage, all of those things are things that I really, really want in my life. Just got back into my car after leaving the fireside. That was hard, but good, but hard. I haven't been to a meeting like that in probably six or seven years. And that's not for lack of people trying to get me to come. I think I try to forget that part of my life, I try to move away from it. It causes me so much hurt. But I think that maybe exposing myself to these sorts of conversations is a good start, probably. My personal testimony is that um, if it is God's plan for a man and a woman um, to have exaltation by being married to each other, that at some point he will make it possible for me to be just as happy in a relationship with a woman as any other man that ever lived. Um, And that he won't even necessarily force me into it until he makes that a possibility. Um, And so it might not happen in this life, um, and, and that would be hard. But I'm also still completely open to his power to make it possible, even if uh, my attractions don't uh, change in this life, I, I'm pretty sure like we could, we can make things work. I am still completely open um, to the idea that that miracle can happen in my life. It might be more difficult than other relationships. I'm sure it would be in a lot of ways, um, but I still want it. Dean made me really sad. You know, he's dated 
he said hundreds of people. I don't want to disrespect his journey or his process. I think that would be doing a major disservice, but I can't help but be one of those people that is wondering, what if you just followed your attraction? What if you stopped hoping for a miracle and went with what you know? But who am I to say how he should live his life and operate within his identity? To me, that just sounds very lonely. All right, anyways, going home now. Kimberly Anderson, she, her, hers. I was adopted um, by my adoptive parents at about three months of age, and I was sealed to them in the Oakland Temple. And then I was raised um, in a very true-believing Mormon household. I did the majority of my growing up in northern Utah, which is uh, predominantly Mormon, a small community called Nibley, N-I-B-L-E-Y. I was assigned male at birth through a random act of butchery. Being intersex was something I maybe kind of always knew but not wasn't ever quite sure because I had no language and so I just repressed it and repressed it until there was a point where it kind of my body forced itself to be discovered. There are ways that men typically behave especially within Mormonism and ways that women typically behave especially within Mormonism and I behaved in a very stereotypically uh, female fashion for mothers and parents whose kids come out as queer to them either LGBTI or any other alphabet soup letter. There's a lot of different ways these parents are frightened. And the first way that they're frightened is they don't know how to love their kids. They don't know that it's okay to love their kids. It's okay to love your kids in lieu of, in spite of, and right alongside of very strict dogmatic teachings from the Mormon church. The Utah Health Department is looking at recent LDS policy in connection with suicides. In November of 2015, LDS leaders updated the church's policy on same-sex marriage, declaring it the worst kind of sin and grounds for excommunication. Rape and child molestation aren't even condemned on that level. By late January of 2016, 32 LGBTQ plus Utah teenagers had died by suicide. That's about one suicide every two days. I went to three funerals last summer in 2016 of LGBT children. We can't pinpoint any single act or completion on one single thing. But suicide rates in Utah have skyrocketed since 2008, since hateful rhetoric started in California with Proposition 8. And many, many people are blaming those suicide statistics on altitude and all kinds of other things. And very few people in Utah have the integrity to look inward and see the overwhelming, overwhelmingly clear cause is um, hate and intolerance. I see the streets of Salt Lake City riddled with homeless youth, 60% of them are LGBT plus in a community that says love thy neighbor in a community that says go after the one sheep in a community that says 
um, love one another in a community that professes to be followers of Jesus Christ, followers of Jesus Christ, but in that moment of pure action, they fall desperately short. I asked Kimberly what she would say to the kids who feel trapped, the kids who feel afraid, the kids who think they're broken. I would say to them that there are millions of people just like you who also did the same thing that you're that you're challenged with, keeping your head down and staying safe out of self-preservation. And that that can be done until the moment is right for you. 